Welcome to the Spiritual Boss Babe Podcast. If you're a woman who is ready to step into your power and manifest a life and business that sets your soul on fire, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Stephanie Bellinger, and I'm a mindset and success coach for spiritual entrepreneurs. I am obsessed with helping my fellow soul sisters shine their light and live out their purpose so they can experience more magic in everyday life. We all have a special purpose here and we're meant to share our message and gifts with the world. You deserve to be fully supported emotionally, spiritually, and financially from doing your soul's work. Together, we can make a massive impact in the world and it's time. So let's do this. I am so excited for you to dive into today's episode. I have the amazing Amy Smith here with me. Amy is a certified confidence coach, masterful speaker, and personal empowerment expert who is also the founder of thejoyjunkie.com. Amy uses her role as a coach, writer, and podcaster to help individuals and help more people all over the world really shift into radical personal empowerment and self-love. She helps people find their voice so they could speak their truth and stand in their power. And you're going to get so much out of today's episode. I know I sure did from talking with Amy. She dives into so many things like people-pleasing and how to stop people-pleasing so that you can really just take your power back. She shares about how to set clear boundaries, clear, strong boundaries, and really stand in your power and so much more. I know that you are going to love it. So when you listen, tag me, hit me up on Instagram at the spiritual boss, babe. Make sure you stay to the end because Amy has a special gift for you. And as always, also check the show notes so you can find out where to connect with Amy after this. So without further ado, let's welcome Amy onto the show. Hello, Amy. I'm so freaking excited to have you on the show. I can't wait to dive into everything that you're going to share with us, and I'm super grateful. Oh, I'm honored to be here. I love talking about this stuff, so it's going to be hard to get me to shut up. <laughs> That's no problem. <laughs> so what, what really got you started on your journey to like wanting to speak on this and help people build their confidence and really step into their power? I know we all have a story and there's probably many shifts and turns along the way, but I would love to, for you to open up with that and share with us what that looks like for you. Yeah, well, I, a lot of it I think was sort of framed up by my childhood and how I was raised. So for a bit of context, I grew up in a a very, very conservative, born-again Christian family that now kind of in in hindsight or in retrospect, there were a lot of kind of cultish elements to it, a lot of dogma, a lot of motivation from guilt and fear. And it all sort of came to a head in 07 when my father passed away. So up until that point, I got married uh, when I was 20. I got married really young. And so I had put myself through college. I put my, got out of the house, you know, really was, uh, you know, entrepreneurial spirit, much like yourself. And I had always told my husband, anytime we went to go visit my family, I would kind of prep him like, okay, no Howard Stern, no John Stewart, no South Park, don't drink, don't cuss, don't do any of these things. None, we have to really kind of put on this front around my conservative family. Mm. So at the time that my father passed in 07, because I had a makeup artistry background, which I know you do too, I knew very 
concretely that I wanted to do the makeup for his viewing. So the day of his service, I get myself all worked up and prepared and I perform the makeup on my father's corpse, essentially. And I also spoke to a crowd of like hundreds because he really was an incredible human and there was just this massive crowd that was there. So needless to say, I kind of felt like I was winning at daughter. (laughs) You know, I was like, I feel like I've checked off a lot of the great daughter uh, points today. And we get back home to my mom's house and she found that the most opportune time to tell me that she feels like my father and her have failed as parents Mm. because myself and my two younger siblings are not quote, walking with the Lord because none of us really stayed in the church or stayed kind of ascribed to the religion or subscribed to the religion. So, you know, after I had kind of bent over backwards to be this amazing daughter for the, you know, my dad's funeral, not to mention the fact that I'm totally grieving and I'm amongst a a group of people who believe things very differently than I, uh, it was a very taxing day to say the least. And so then I hear my mom tell me essentially you're a failure. And the only thing that I could really muster in that moment was to tell her, well, you probably shouldn't say that to a child. (laughs) And she said, well, that's just how I feel. And I truly believe that that was a a turning point moment for me. I I was already involved in personal development. I had not segued out of makeup artistry into what I do now, but I had already started dabbling into law of attraction and self-help work and, and things like that. And I realized in that moment that there were going to be moments where it was an ultimatum. It was either I need to honor me or I choose to put you ahead of me. Mm-hmm. And I don't think standing up for ourselves or speaking up for ourselves or dealing with people pleasing is always that dramatic or always that much of an ultimatum. But I realized then that, okay, there are going to be times when I'm asked, uh, who are you going to fight for? And at the end of the day, if it comes between me and you, I'm going to pick me, you know, and I'm going to choose that my voice matters. Mm. over simply making somebody else happy with something that I don't agree with or don't believe in. And that started a major trajectory where I became extremely combative and adversarial. So I wanted to fight. I Because I was like, oh, now I'm speaking up for myself. So I was like, come at me, bro. <laughs> so then it was always, ta- you know, let's talk about abortion. Let's talk about gay rights. Let's talk about all these really... Uh, polarized topics that that she and I did not have in common, mm. and I did not handle myself with grace. And there there were many tumultuous conversations that that kind of followed suit after that moment, after that time. That I finally got to this place where I went, oh, I guess there's also this other way of speaking up for yourself or being. Uh, exuding confidence and speaking your truth without being an asshole, without being super bitchy. Mm -hmm. And that really became the nucleus of what I do now, which is this sort of, it's twofold, really. It's the internal piece of just believing that you matter, having enough confidence or belief in yourself that your voice actually has merit 
right? And then the external piece of how now, how do I communicate that to the world now? How do I tell my partner what I do or don't want in the bedroom? How do I tell my family that I don't believe in the religion I was raised in? How do I tell my, you know, uh, how do I tell my partner I want a separation? How do I tell somebody not to rub my pregnant belly? Because that's fucking offensive. (laughs) How do I say all of those things and actually speak up for myself in ways that we're kind of told be quiet and don't rock the boat and don't worms and all of that. So that really was sort of the impetus for what I do now. Wow. (laughs) That's like really, uh, that's really powerful, especially like coming from a parent. I can only imagine like um, that being a little extra challenging. Um, when it comes to like standing in your truth and your power and like your voice, because it's like you, you grew up your whole life kind of like obeying your parents. Well, I know most of us have. Um, so for that to be like such a profound turning point, what do you think was really helpful for you going forward after that when it came to, to really like setting your boundaries and saying those uncomfortable things um, to people and whoever they were? Cause I like, this is something that I've struggled with myself too. Like, sure. I'm a, you know, pleaser, like That's at the right. core. Well, and I think, I think we kind of all are because, uh, and, and disproportionately, I think women are affected or those who identify as women, because it is something that we're told if, you know, if we have, if we operate at all in our masculine energy, which in my opinion should be called Uh, strong and soft energies. I don't like the whole idea of masculine and feminine, but if we're in sort of this, this strong energy, then, uh, then we're bitches, right. Or then we're mean, or then we're malicious. And, you know, so we're constantly fighting societal norms and stereotypes and things about who we're supposed to be. It also varies depending on the culture that you're in. You know, if, if your family of origin believes that, uh, this is how you conduct yourself or this is how you handle problems that can very much in, influence how you converse with people. But I think for me, it was, it was really learning how to actually speak up in a way that was kind. And so one of the major kind of cornerstones of my work and what I do is this idea of speak your truth, but do it with grace and kindness. And we don't usually engage in conversation in that way. We're usually talking either, you know, to be combative or to be right. You know, we're a little bit more on the defense or to, to your point, we people please. And we, that's sort of the, the opposites, the fight or flight, we either fight or we flee and flee ends up looking like people pleasing. Like, Oh my God, are you mad at me? Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Did you take it the wrong way? Did you And I started operating under this mantra that I I now impart to to my students and and audience. And it's this idea that you are responsible for your intention, not your reception. Mm. There's so much of our success. We go, okay, I will be successful or this conversation will go well as long as my partner sees it my way, as long as this client decides to hire me, as long as this business proposition goes through. And so we weigh all of our worth really Mm -hmm. on what other people think of us instead of going, okay, I have no control over the reception. Mm -hmm. All I can do is control my intention, which for me is how I'm showing up. So it's okay. This situation will be successful. This conversation will be successful 
if I am proud of the woman that I am, what does that look like? For me, it's usually this hybrid of assertiveness, speaking what I need to speak, and then the combination of grace and kindness, right? That's sort of how I want to behave. So whatever I am delivering, I want to do it with a, with a rhythm and a cadence in my voice that's really soft and loving. Uh, so I'll give you, I'll give you an example. My, uh, obviously I have different spiritual beliefs than my, than my mom. And so she will, she doesn't do it anymore because I boundaryed up, but she used to, you know, constantly invite me to church or bring me different books or, or things like that. And so I said to her, you know, I really appreciate you thinking of me because again, what's happening in that situation is she's not behaving out of malice. She's not being mean. She just genuinely wants her daughter to believe what she believes, right? Like that's gotta be challenging. So starting off with an element of gratitude, thank you so much for thinking of me. I'll, I'll be really quite candid with you. I find a, a lot of that um, fairly offensive and you know, I'm sure it's not your intention to drive me away or push me away in any, in, in any approximation. Uh, but you know, my, my humble request is that you don't invite me to events like that. I, I am very cognizant of not inviting you to winter or summer solstice celebrations or astrology or Wiccan or anything like that. And, and I really hope that we could have the same mutual respect in return. Uh, you have my word that if I ever change my mind, you will be the absolute first to know. So there's a couple of nuances in there. One is the gratitude. The other is intention. I'm sure it's not your intention to push me away or please know what my intention is. Please know my intention is not to cause a rift between us or to, uh, be problematic in any way. My intention is to stand in my own truth, right? Um, so in those situations, she might absolutely think that I'm fucked up and that I'm doing the wrong thing and whatever she, that reception is not my responsibility. Exactly. But I can look at that scenario and go, okay, if my mom is not happy with me, I'm going to allow that to exist. And that's one of the things I think we have to acknowledge is that we cannot control other people's emotions. So I have to look at that whole scenario and go, is Amy proud of Amy? Yes. And most of the time, and this is one of the slippery slopes with people-pleasing, most of the time what's happening is there's an uncomfortable emotion that we're feeling that we don't know how to deal with. And usually it's just straight opposition with another person. Your partner wants you to do something, you don't want to do it. Or your business partner thinks you should take it this direction and you think the business should go a different direction. We're just straight up uncomfortable. And it's this emotional intelligence that actually helps us navigate these challenging conversations and being able to boundary up. Um, Cause uh, I don't know if you experience this at all with, with feeling feelings of wanting to please, but we start to adopt this fictitious idea of guilt. Oh yeah. Like, oh, I feel bad. Mm-hmm. I feel bad telling my mom. That or, or I don't want, I don't want them to think this, or I don't want them to feel that. And so it's like literally doing all the thinking and feeling for other people <laughs> when you don't even know what they're going to feel and you're not responsible for it anyway. Exactly. And you can always use that. You can always use that and say, you know what? It is not my intention to cause pain. 
or, you know, one of the, my biggest concerns, even bringing this to you was I didn't want to hurt your feelings, right? You could still say that stuff and you can still come from a place of compassion or empathy, but let's not get it twisted about guilt. Okay. Guilt is when you have done something wrong, according to you, it's something that you need to clean up your mess because you have handled yourself in a way that is unbefitting of you. That's guilt. Guilt is not, oh, I can't fit in another client. I feel bad. I feel guilty. You know, no, no, no. That's, I feel concern. I feel compassion. I feel empathy. I feel uncomfortable. So one of the very easy tactile uh, tools that we can all use, especially if you tend towards that people-pleasing, is to stop saying, I feel guilty or I feel bad. Choose the appropriate emotion. I feel concerned. I feel overwhelmed. I feel empathy for that person. Somebody who wants you to help you, wants you to help them move and you really don't want to, or wants to borrow something and you really don't want to give it to them. You can still feel concern. You can feel empathy and still say, I don't think it's going to work out. Or unfortunately I'm not available. Yeah. But we need to start cultivating a a real understanding around what that emotion actually is. It's not guilt. So in that, and the reason why I say it's important according to you, have you done anything wrong according to you? Because in that scenario that I just outlined with my mom, she could have very well thought, yeah, you've done, you have done something wrong. You've fallen away from the faith, you've done, Mm -hmm. but it's not, have I done something wrong according to them? It's have I done something wrong according to Amy? And so my question for you regarding that is, have you ever um, felt like you've done something wrong and maybe it felt like it was according to you, but it was really because you were kind of operating from a construct or belief that someone had passed on to you, if that makes sense? Mm, like, uh, give, me, give me an example. Like say someone asked you to help them to move, like you just used that example and you said no. And then you started feeling guilty because you felt like you should have, because that was, that's what a good friend would do. Right. Like, how do you tell the difference if it, if it's like something that's wrong to you or if it's something that you think is wrong because of, you know, past ideology. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Make sense. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's something I grappled with a lot honestly, when I first met my husband, because mm-hmm. I, you know, grew up with so much black and white dogma where it was like, if you have sex, you're either going to get AIDS or you're going to get pregnant, or you're going to be just devastatedly destroyed because the person will leave you and you've given a part of yourself away. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was very intense. And if you gamble, you will eventually, you know, gamble all your money away and have an addiction. If you do pot, you know, it's just, all of it was just so extreme, no room for moderation. And I really brushed up against that a lot when I met my husband, because I was 18. And so here I am starting to experience things like sex and weed and drinking. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not becoming a raging alcoholic. But then I was still contending with, wait a minute, am I just making excuses for my behavior? Or is that really a problem with the dogma that told me I'm going to, this is something that's wrong. So I had to really, there, it took many, many years for me to break free from a lot of that 
that conditioning and to find my own spiritual life and my own spiritual self and find a footing in that. But I think to answer your question, the real answer with all of that is furthering your introspection and your personal growth, your personal spirituality. And unfortunately, the answer is intuition. Mm -hmm. And intuition is something that gets bred out of us at the very beginning of our life. We're, We're taught about data and logic and reason, but we're not taught how to feel into things and what does or doesn't feel right to us or, um, you know, how to be in flow. And, you know, a lot of the stuff you talk about with abundance and things. Mm -hmm. So, so in, in those situations, I have to, it's really about an honesty with myself and then a continued curiosity. Like, wait a minute, does this feel off because I'm making excuses for myself or does this feel off because I really am not happy with what somebody requested of me, you know? Um, so it, it, that is much more complicated and, and a deeper uh, discovery for each person, right? Like it's going to take a lot more depth to figure out what that right answer is, I think. Yeah, totally. So what, like what advice, because I know I get this question asked so much from people who, um, I guess they're trying to set boundaries with their partner or someone close to them when it comes to building their business or manifesting or whatever. And their person (laughs) doesn't fully agree or maybe is negative or whatever. Like what would you say to like someone who's trying to set boundaries to someone like that they're very close to that maybe doesn't see things the same as them when it comes to like what they're wanting to call in and create in their life? Yeah. Well, this is also going to depend. I think it's a little bit different if it is an intimate partnership, like a spouse or or somebody who you're living with versus parents where, well, I mean, even if you're, let me say it's harder if you are actually in the same residence (laughs) and they're around you all the time. Those are usually the the people that you have to boundary up the most with. Mm -hmm. Um, If it's an intimate partnership and it is something that you want to continue on and you don't have that nagging feeling that intuitive feeling of maybe this isn't going to last forever. Maybe this isn't going to work. Maybe this person doesn't support everything. If you're hundred percent sure, no, this is my person and I want to work through it. Then it becomes about having a vulnerable conversation, which I like to call powerful conversations because so many people feel like vulnerability is a problem. And I think it's a superpower. So going into something like, uh, you definitely want to converse when you're both in a place where you can be calm and have a nice tranquil dialogue. Mm-hmm. Don't want to bring this shit up when your partner just got their ass chewed out from their boss or, you know, they're involved in a project or they're doing something and you're like, we need to talk. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the first thing is making sure that everybody's in like a calm, tranquil headspace. The second thing is to ask for the time to talk actually request it because you're setting up this precursor of respect and saying something like, Hey, I'd really love to run some stuff by you. Or, you know what, there's been some stuff that's been on my mind and I'd really like to get your thoughts on it. Do you have some time tomorrow morning? Or do you have anything going on after this project or after this show you're watching? Um, I'd really love to just toss it around with you. It's not, not crazy serious, but I'd love your thoughts. Something like that is so much more disarming than we need to talk. Mm-hmm. And then to enter into the conversation with an element of vulnerability. So usually the great vulnerable move is to either own your shit 
or gratitude, right? So to say something like, thanks so much for, for carving out the time to talk to me. Even something like that is starting off with a soft start, a soft element of gratitude. Or you can soft start by owning your shit and saying something like, you know, there's been some stuff that's really been on my mind lately and I haven't, I haven't been vocal with you about it. And that's, that's really unfair. So I wanted to just kind of tell you where I'm at with some stuff and, and just genuinely get your thoughts on it. So starting off, usually owning your shit in the matter, almost always is that you have not spoken up. Just being honest about like, man, I haven't spoken up and it's, that's really unfair to you. How would you know? Or you've spoken up and you've been pretty bitchy about it or combative about it, right? Like, you know, that conversation we had the other night, that was really unfair for me to speak to you like that. Hmm. And that's something that I've had with, with my mom, where <laughs> that whole period of time when I was so <laughs> just cavalier about how I talked with her and I had to circle back many times and say, Hey, listen, you didn't deserve for me to speak to you like that. And it wasn't, you know, I still feel very strongly about what I shared with you. So you don't take back the content, Mm -hmm. you take back how you felt, you take back how you delivered it. So starting off with a, with a partner or somebody you love by saying, hey, I really shouldn't have said it that way. Um, I do have a lot of thoughts about that still that I'd love to discuss with you, but that wasn't, that wasn't fair to you for me to say it in that way. And I'm really sorry, right? Owning your shit. Mm-hmm. Then going into what you're actually requesting, what you're asking for from them. Usually it's something like, you know, if if you can just let me get this out, I've been so worked up about sharing this with you today because I just, again, I would hate for you to think that I don't value you, right? Like you can say your fears, um, but what would mean the world to me is if you just let me get this all out and didn't try to like fix it or, you know, give a solution. I, what I really need is for you to hear me. So constantly asking for what your request is. All right. So there's how we like get into the conversation. Mm-hmm. You're so good at this. <laughs> Thank you. I've been doing it for a hot minute. And, and then I would go into the next request, which is the support around the business. So saying something like, you know, I don't expect that you understand or even subscribe to law of attraction or, you know, my crystals that I'm super into, but it hurts my feelings a lot when it's something that I care about and then you make fun of it. I don't expect that you adopt the same belief. My request is just that you don't make me wrong for how I believe. Mm. And it's, I'm sure you don't intend to do that, right? Bringing up the intention. I'm sure you're not trying to push me away, but I care so much about this new business that I'm creating and I really believe in it. And it would mean the world to me if you would say things like, and give them actual words to use because most of us communicate in totally different languages to each other. Mm -hmm. And if you can give them a phrase like, um, even if it's something fun, like, um, I'm going to leave you to all your magic powers, babe. Good luck with your magic powers, you know, or maybe something funny between the two of you, but now it's cloaked in like fun and adoration instead of, you know, like poking fun or hurtful. Mm -hmm. You can have more of an understanding. And then also to hear that other person out and say, what's it like on your side? You know, how do you perceive it? Mm -hmm. 
and kind of work, work through it in that way. Um, Mm -hmm. most of the time we're entering in just saying what we're pissed about and we don't ask for what we actually need, like something specific. Mm -hmm. I need this. I need you to not bring up gluten. I need you to not bring up, you know, I need whatever from your family. Please don't talk to me about this, that, or the other, or about my weight or about a physical appearance or politics or anything. We have to be very specific about what we're requesting. Otherwise, I just need you to respect me more. I was like, well, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. 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 So good. I could see you being like a freaking relationship coach too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's, I did that prior to doing this. Mm. Uh, And, and so much of the issues that we come up against in all relationships, whether it's best friends, colleagues, or intimate partnerships, family even, is figuring out how to speak to each other in a way that we can actually hear, mm-hmm. that we can be heard. So yeah, and it's so closely tied with the, the people-pleasing piece because we think, oh, better not rock the boat. You know, I don't want to be uncomfortable having this conversation, better just sweep it under the rug, mm-hmm. right? So we think we've got these two options, either I yell and scream or... I just dismiss it. And then I, you know, erupt later. But so much of that is rooted in your belief that you actually matter and that you're worthy and enough already without having to prove it without, despite what other people's responses to you are, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. And I imagine just like adapting like this way of being and like really speaking your truth and sharing how you feel and everything. Like I can see how it really uh, can boost your confidence and, and, the way you operate in your daily life, like once you like really own that. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people who can relate out there with it's sort of the, the scary prospect of building a business and being an entrepreneur. And we have this idea almost that, okay, I'm here. I am sort of at the beginning, starting something that I, I really care about. And we think, once I hit six figures or once I get a, you know, an amazing podcast or once I get a book deal, then I'll be confident. Mm-hmm. But what we don't realize is the road to that, the repetition of being scared and doing things that scare us over and over again, that's actually what builds the confidence. Yes. I love this. <laughs> but we don't, we think it's a destination. Mm-hmm. And it's really not. It's it's the the whole getting knocked down and getting back up again over and over again. I mean, I know you shared your personal story of thriving business and then having to go back to the, mm-hmm. the side hustle and like, wait, what the fuck? What what's happening? And examining what's happening with your own mindset. Um, but again, it's you could choose to throw in the towel right then, mm-hmm. or. You don't, you can't just go, Oh, I'll just wait till I'm confident. No, <laughs> yeah. that's not how we build confidence. You have to take those steps that, that scare you. I call it being fear optimized, right? Like fear is going to be there no matter what. So how do we make it as useful and as effective as possible? Okay. It's acknowledging the fear and then behaving courageously. It's making that call. It's finally going live, mm-hmm. you know, on a Facebook video. It's finally hitting publish on your blog. It's calling somebody that you think might be able to help your business. It's doing those things that scare you, but operating from a place of courage instead. Yeah. I love, I always say this quote, um, action builds confidence and crushes fear. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Because what happens when we're not in action, right? We're ruminating. Mm-hmm. Sitting on our asses going, what if, what if, what yeah. if? That sure as fuck doesn't build confidence. No. <laughs> but it's also part of it. So if you can notice that and go, oh, okay, I see what I'm doing. I see what I'm doing. I'm being stagnant because I'm scared shitless. What's one small thing I can do? What's mm-hmm. one small step that I can take toward what I actually want? That is huge. Another just basic confidence hack is to do something that makes you proud of yourself. Mm-hmm. So simple. If I go to the gym, I know I'll be proud of myself. If I make this one call, I'll be super proud of myself. If I speak up to my in-laws, I know I'll be proud of myself. Mm, I love that. One little small thing that you can do uh, that'll make you proud of yourself. Those are baby steps towards confidence. Yeah. Do you have like... Um certain confidence building things that you do or that you share with people a lot? Or or was that some of the key ones? Yeah, that's definitely some of the key ones. I think uh, there's another mantra that I kind of keep in place for me, specifically around the people pleasing and specifically around speaking up, which is do not allow your silence to make you a liar. Mm. And it's something that I keep around me all the time because people just say shit around you and they have no idea if you feel the same way. Um, I recently relocated from Southern California to the South in Charlotte. And so there's definitely a lot of differing opinions and viewpoints about things and, and things that I don't agree with. And I think keeping myself honest in those moments when something's being said, when if I say nothing, it seems as though I'm colluding or that I'm complicit. Those are the times when I need to speak up. Mm -hmm. And that little phrase makes me so much more confident in speaking up because I feel like it's rooted in my integrity. It's not rooted just in a, Oh, I'm supposed to speak up. So I need to, it's like, no, no, no. Don't be a fucking liar. If that's important to you, give voice to it. I'll give you an example. I do um, community theater in my spare time sometimes. And I was doing a show and there was a gentleman who I was doing the show with who came and showed me a meme on his phone. And it was very disparaging to a special needs child. And, and to me, that doesn't constitute humor. It's not something that I find funny. Mm-hmm. And, and so he was kind of showing it like, hey, hey, isn't this funny? You know, making fun. And so the easy thing in that moment would have just to be like, ha, 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 and walk away, right? But in that moment, I'm like, nope, this is how you build the confidence to speak up. You know, like that, if I stay silent, that makes me a liar. It makes me seem like I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to necessarily get into a whole conversation with him, but I don't have to. I can just shut it down. And so I said, you know what? I'll be really honest with you. I I don't really find that funny. I'd appreciate it if you just didn't show me stuff like that in the future. All right. See you later. See you on stage, you know, and just kind of went on. But I was not going to let my silence make me look like I was okay with that. Yeah. So that's another little hack that I use sometimes. I like that. Thank you so much for sharing. There's so much gold in this and, and like, I'm inspired by everything that you're sharing. Yeah. Because it's so important and like speaking up for yourself and really setting boundaries and like standing in your truth and your power can, it'll translate into like 
more confidence in every area of your life, your relationships, your business, like just how you feel about yourself overall. Absolutely. It, yeah, it has sort of this ripple effect. And that's why, you know, when I, when I work with people, we don't start with what to say to mom or what to say to your partner. We start with belief in yourself, like truly understanding your own intrinsic value and worth, because otherwise we're just checking off boxes. We have to believe that we matter to begin with, and then we can layer on all the tools. Then we can learn how to start flexing that courage muscle, even though it's so uncomfortable. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. And you have something that people can dive into that I saw, right? Yes. Can you share a little bit about what that is? Yeah, I have a, like tons of free shit. So <laughs> um, I too have a podcast that you, you can check out as well. It's called the Joy Junkie Show. Um, and we're on all the different platforms. But I have two freebies. I have one that is uh, a workbook and ebook. And it's also an audiobook as well. And you can find that on my site. And it's called uh, Stand Up for Yourself Without Being a Dick. <laughs> nine different challenges, like actual ways for you to get into action. Again, helping with that confidence. And then I also have a free workshop too. If you're interested in digging deeper and looking at specifically the work that I do, uh, that kind of chronicles five major keys to unlocking, uh, the, restraint of self-doubt and people-pleasing and perfectionism. So mm-hmm. you'll see both of those. Everything is over at thejoyjunkie.com. Junkie is J-U-N-K-I-E, um, The Joy Junkie. And you can find all of the freebies, you know, workbooks, workshops, podcasts. Awesome. Yeah. So good. And The Joy Junkie podcast, right? That's and- right. The Joy Junkie show. The Joy Junkie Show. All right. Awesome. And I'm going to leave those links in the show notes as well for everyone. You guys have to check Amy out and find her on Instagram too. You're at The Joy Junkie on Instagram. Yeah. That's where I hang out the most. Yeah. Same here. I I mean, I was Facebook like more and now I'm like leaning on Instagram side more. (laughs) Funny. But yeah. Well, thank you so much, Amy, for like all of this. I feel like you dove into so much in here and dropped so much value and I really appreciate it. And I'm super excited for to hear what everyone gets out of this and all the things. Oh, I'm so honored. Thanks for having me, Stephanie. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes and hit the subscribe button. If you want extra motivation to manifest a life and business that you're obsessed with, then find me on Instagram at the spiritual boss babe or visit spiritualbossbabe.com. I love you and appreciate you so, so much. And I'll see you in the next episode. I hope you have a magical day. Thank you.